Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Nader Mansour and I pray this message will draw you closer to Jesus. This power will deny and attack the truth that the first angel's message establishes, the truth about the Father and the Son. Let's read the description that is perhaps the most well-known in the world today. We find it in the gospel, in the book, the epistle of John, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 22. It says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. This description or this power is now described as the Antichrist. It's the same system. This Antichrist power denies the Father and the Son. Satan, through the system, is working a deception that will fool people to the point of denying the Father and the Son. Well, how is this possible? Does any church even deny the Father and the Son? What does that really mean? This is what we want to find out. You see, God loves us so much, He has given us a number of descriptions. This power that we looked at comes under many titles in the scriptures. It comes under the title of Babylon the Great, the Great Whore, as we read about it in Revelation 17, the first beast in Revelation 13. It's also referred to as the little horn in Daniel 7, and John in his epistles refers to this power as the Antichrist. The question is, who is this power? What is this church system that the devil will use to deceive the whole world into worshiping him? And how is he going to deny the truth about the Father and the Son to accomplish this worship? Well, the answer is found once again in the pages of the scriptures and it's confirmed in history. You see, Bible students over hundreds and hundreds of years have understood clearly the identity of this antichrist power that Satan will use in the last days. And the identity of this power is right there in our picture as we can see. It's that system that has its base in the place that is called the Vatican. It's that church system that will be used by the enemy of souls to deceive the whole world. Now I want to just clarify that this is not something that I came up with. This has been standard Protestant truth for hundreds and hundreds of years. Let's just look at a few historical accounts to confirm this truth for us so that we can proceed with assurance in unmasking the deception that the devil has. Let's look at this quote, which refers to the Protestant reformers and see what it has to say. It says, this identity of papal Rome with the Antichrist was maintained by Luther, Melanchthon, Calvin, and all the continental reformers, by Latimer, Melanchthon, Calvin, and all the British reformers, by the illustrious Sir Isaac Newton, Mead, Whiston, Bishop Newton, Loth, Dobios, Jurier, Viteringa, Bedel, and a host of equally pious, illustrious, and learned names. The same testimony has been borne in the authorized doctrinal standards of the Episcopal, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Methodist, Baptist, and other churches, both of Europe and America. The same doctrine is still taught in the Theological School of Geneva by the illustrious Daubigny and Gosson, and with but here and there a solitary exception by all the most learned professors and clergymen of the present day connected with the various evangelical denominations of Protestant Christians. And this is a quote from John Dowling in the book, The History of Romanism. And the date is 1852. You see, friends, this is old news. This is not something that just happened recently. This is something that has been recognized by Bible students over hundreds of years. The identity of the Antichrist power, the identity of the system, the church system that Satan will use in the last days to deceive the world, his seat of power is none other than the system of Roman Catholicism, the system that finds its seat in the Vatican. This tiny little city that is so small 
that it's referred to as a city is an actual nation. It's a country, a sovereign nation. And this sovereign nation, the Bible tells us, reigneth over all the kings of the earth. Why? Because it has been given power and authority by the dragon to reign over the kings of the earth. You see, this is a very vital point. We need to uncover the system and the mask behind which Satan is hiding, and particularly, what is the deception that he will use through the system to gain the worship of the whole world. Let's look at a few examples of how this system, how this city, how this country, how this church rules over the kings of the earth. Just recently, a few years ago rather, you remember when the Pope passed away, John Paul II, there was a great lamentation in the world. So much so that many countries sent representatives to be present at the funeral of the Pope. In the newspapers, as we can see, you find this incredible picture of three American presidents who went to the funeral of the Pope. They were two ex-presidents and one current president at the time. And you see, friends, this event was a first in the history of the United States of America. And the newspapers at the time declared world leaders kneel in homage to the Pope. This is very, very interesting fulfillment of prophecy. Here we see this nation, this power, this church system has influence and control over the kings of the earth, over the kings of the most powerful country in the earth. Here they are kneeling in homage before the Pope. This is very significant because this system has been given power and authority by the dragon. And shortly after the death of the Pope, of course, the next Pope was elected. And one of the first things that the new Pope said was that he was going to bring unity to everyone. And the newspapers recorded Benedict's call for unity. And the Pope, this old gentleman, has been busy visiting the world to bring about unity. You see, this is part of the devil's plan, to unite the whole world under one system, under one power, and thereby gain their worship. And we see, of course, examples of the Pope busy visiting different parts of the world. We see him here visiting Australia recently when he came to uh, the World Youth Day. We see him with the president of the United States of America, the past president, and the current president, of course, had an audience with the Pope. And there he is with different leaders of different countries in the world. That's why the Bible says that this power reigns over the kings of the earth. And this unity that this power is seeking to accomplish is not going to give worship to the true God, sadly. The whole world wanders after the beast and the whole world worships the dragon. And we saw who that is. But remember in the story of Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, we saw that there were three Hebrew boys who were faithful, who refused to go along with the plans of the king. And in the last days, there will be a faithful few remnant that the Bible refers to with a very special name. They refuse to go along with the plans of the enemy in worshiping the dragon. We read about them in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 1. It says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. This group of people, referred to as the 144,000, are represented by the three Hebrew boys. They don't worship the gods of Babylon. They worship the true God as evidenced by the fact that his name is written in their foreheads. You see, these people understand that the God that we are to worship and fear and give glory to is the Father, the only true God, the living God, the Lord of heaven and earth. And the fact that they worship him is signified by the symbol that they have his name written in their foreheads. Not literally, of course, because the forehead represents the mind. They have an intelligent understanding of who they worship. They are true worshipers, you see, and they worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The name of the God that they worship is imprinted in their mind. 
This is an important description. Because if we go back now to the other side of the coin, if we go back to the other group, the whole world that will be deceived by Satan, we find that there is a very interesting description of something written in the forehead of the leading system that is deceiving that world. The leading system has something imprinted in its forehead. Let's read it together in Revelation 17 and verse 5. And upon her forehead, that's the forehead of the woman, was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. What an interesting name. Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. You see, this name written in her forehead symbolizes and stands for the God that is worshipped in Babylon. Just as God's people, the 144,000, have the name of the Father in their forehead, that's who they worship, so also Babylon has the name of her God in her forehead. It's called Mystery Babylon the Great. Well, who is the God that is worshipped in this system? What is the central doctrine and pillar that receives attention and worship in this system of Babylon? We've already identified who Babylon is, the Antichrist power, the great whore. All we have to do is ask them, and they actually give us the answer as to the central God that is worshipped. Notice what Rome says that her central God is. We read the answer in the handbook for today's Catholic, page 16, which says, The mystery of the Trinity is the central doctrine of the Catholic faith. Upon it are based all the other teachings of the Church. What an interesting statement. It uses a very interesting word, a word that we just read in Revelation 17, 5. The Bible says that on her forehead is a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great. And then Rome tells us that her central pillar is the mystery of the Trinity. This is the God that is worshipped in Babylon. It's called a mystery. Well, someone might say, what does the Trinity have to do with what we're talking about? This is what we want to find out. Why is Rome referring to the Trinity as a mystery? And what does that have to do with deception in the last days? You see, this is the God that is worshipped in Rome. Well, isn't the Trinity a biblical doctrine? We want to look at the origins and examine the foundations of this God that is worshipped in Rome. This will help us understand what the devil is planning for the world in the last days. You see, if we look at the word Babylon, the first word we saw is mystery. We saw Rome identify that mystery for us. If we look at the next word, Babylon, the word Babylon means confusion. We find that in the scriptures, when God confused the tongues or the languages of the builders of ancient Babylon. The word Babylon particularly means confusion by mixing. That is, mixing the truth with the error. And the mixture of truth and error becomes a dangerous, confusing mixture. It's called Babylon. So mystery, Babylon the Great, has to do with a great confusion that affects our worship. It affects the whole world. In order to understand we want to go back and do the same thing we did before. We're going to go back in history and we go, we're going to go to Babylon where this confusion occurred so that we can understand clearly how the devil has been building a deception over the years to deceive the whole world. When we go back to Babylon, remember the builders of the Tower of Babel were urged and led by a specific man, the builder of the city of Babylon. The man's name is mentioned in the scriptures. His name was Nimrod. And this man was married to a beautiful woman. Her name was Samaramis. And together they rebelled and uh, started a rebellion against God. This is actually what the name Nimrod really means. It means let us rebel. And so in rebellion they built a city and they started building a tower where the true God was not worshipped or acknowledged, but there was false worship. Before long, Nimrod, of course, and his wife were looked at as God-inspired leaders, and they ultimately came to be looked at in the place of God himself. You see, Satan 
was behind Nimrod. Satan was the inspiration of what Nimrod was doing. And Satan, through Nimrod and Semiramis, and in building the Tower of Babylon, was seeking to gain worship from the citizens of Babylon. You see, friends, it's the same old story that repeats time and again. Now we want to look at how history clarifies this aspect for us a little closer. We're told that Nimrod died, and after Nimrod died, his wife came up with the novel idea that when he died, he went up into the sun. And the sun in the sky was where Nimrod was dwelling. That he wasn't really dead, but he was living in the sun. And so the sun became a symbol for worship in Babylon to represent Nimrod. Before long, Samirmes fell pregnant. And she came up with the novel idea again that a ray from the sun had impregnated her and that her son, who was to be born, is really a reincarnation of Nimrod, his father. Of course, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that this is entirely nonsense. But this is what she said to the people. And the people believed her. And so her son, when he was born, he was also deified. He also was seen as a reincarnation of the sun god or Nimrod and he, along with her, was also worshipped. Her son's name was Tammuz. And so this trio of Nimrod, Samirmes, and Tammuz came to be worshipped as symbolized and represented by the sun god. This is how Satan was building a deception in Babylon. We know that God was not pleased about this and he confused the languages. But notice what this history book tells us about this aspect. Quoting from uh, the history book, The Two Babylons by Alexander Hislop, he tells us and gives us an insight that we need to pay careful attention to. It says, Hislop believes the religion that began at the Tower of Babel was actually the worship of Satan in the form of fire, the sun, and the serpent. However, Satan worship could not be done openly because of the many who still believed in the true God of Noah. So a mystery religion began at Babel where Satan could be worshipped in secret. Did you catch that? That's a very significant revelation. Satan was worshipped in Babylon, but so that not to be open and uh, blunt about it, Satan through Nimrod and Samirimis and Tammuz established a secret or a mystery religion whereby he could be worshipped in secret. They were sun worshippers. And as sun worshippers, they would symbolize and signify the gods that they worshipped by the things of nature. Now we want to uncover this secret, this mystery religion that began at Babylon. You see, when Nimrod, Samirimis and Tammuz were worshipped in Babylon, as we said, God was not pleased with that. That was the very first place where a trinity of gods was worshipped under the figure and symbol of the sun god. This is important because Satan was the mastermind behind Babylon, not God. Satan was creating a deception to overcome the truth of who God really is. This deception was in the person of Nimrod, Samirimis, and Tammuz the very first trinity that is recorded for us in history. Of course, this is uh, confirmed by the fact that when God confused the language at Babylon and created all these different languages, this concept of the three who were worshipped in the sun god, as we shall see in a minute, this concept traveled through the different cultures and languages that dispersed from Babylon. And we look at an example, we just have a chart here of a few examples of how the same concept traveled in the different languages, taking on different names, but the same concept. For example, in Egypt, there was a trinity of Osiris, Horus, and Isis, or sometimes Ra. In Greece, it was Zeus, Apollo, and Athena. In India, it was Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. In Rome, it was Jupiter, Mars, and Venus. All these trinities find their origin and root in Babylon. That's where the deception really started. This is really none other than devil worship or sun worship under the three in one form, as we shall see, because that's what the sun really symbolized. This is significant because we want to keep note of this aspect. 
the same concept that started in Babylon traveled taking on different names according to the language and the culture. But the uniform factor in all these cultures was at the very top of their pagan worship was a worship of three. And this shows that the deception of Satan traveled throughout all these cultures. Let's look particularly at the people in Egypt and see how history brings that out for us. We read the following quote. It says, three became the most universal number of deity. Sun worship is one of the most primitive forms of religion. And early man sometimes distinguished between rising, midday, and setting sun. The Egyptians, for example, divided the sun god into three deities, Horus at the rising sun, Ra at midday sun, and Osiris at the old and setting sun. This is interesting. The Egyptians, and as you can see in the pictures there, would have symbols of the sun worship or sun god. They worshiped the sun in three forms, sunrise, midday, and sunset. And they symbolized this by placing figures of the sun, the disk of the sun, in their tombs and in their carvings and etchings, in the pyramids and in the temples, where they worshiped the sun god. This is what we can see in these pictures. This worship of three in one as the sun god comes all the way from Babylon. It is really none other than devil worship, Satan worship. Let's look at it a little closer. Because they wanted to hide this devil worship, and so they hid it in symbols and in pictures. For example, the three stages of the sun at sunrise, midday, and sunset, as they're illustrated here before us, they represent this three in one. And we see different carvings here in the walls and temples of Egypt where sun worship was prominent. Now, in order for them to be sophisticated and to hide this symbol a little further, what they did is they combined all three disks of the sun into one, creating this unique symbol of three interlocking circles that make up one figure or one symbol. And they found that this is a very nice way to hide and make their religion and worship more secret or more mysterious. That's why the Bible calls it a mystery. Mystery, Babylon the Great. And they found another unique feature that developed. When they put these three circles together with the intersecting areas, they found that it naturally created a triangle around them. An equilateral triangle. This equilateral triangle was also utilized and used to represent the sun god or the worship of the sun god. Again, we read about that in history and we find an interesting connection brought out by Alexander Hislop in the two Babylons that we shall establish as we continue as well. Reading there from chapter 2 and verse, uh, no, there's no verse. Alexander Hislop, the two Babylons, chapter 2, it says, in the unity of that one only God of the Babylonians, there were three persons. And to symbolize that doctrine of the Trinity, they employed, as the discoveries of Layard prove, the equilateral triangle. Just as it is well known, the Romish church does at this day. You see, the Babylonians utilized the equilateral triangle. This carried on into Egypt as well and into different areas and cultures where the principles and the concepts of Babylon travel. This was sun worship. This was pagan devil worship. Now, why did they use the triangle? We saw because it represented the three circles. Now, if we look at the triangle a little closer, we find that the triangle, an equilateral triangle, has equal angles in each corner. Every angle is exactly the same it is 60 degrees in every angle. And so, of course, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that this could be easily represented by the number 666. And so this became the religion of 666, the religion of mystery, sun worship, and devil worship. This is how they would hide their concepts and ideas in pictures and in numbers. Now, mentioning the number 666 would not mean anything except that it is mentioned in the scriptures. 
You see, friends, it's the same sun worship system that began in Babylon that again will be brought to deceive the whole world in the last days of this earth's history. The 666 system of sun Satan worship. We look at archaeological discoveries and we find this interesting stone. As you can see there, there is the worshiper with his hands uplifted towards heaven. And at the very top, there is a symbol of the sun, the disk of the sun and the other heavenly bodies. And under that, you see an equilateral triangle. This comes from Babylon. This is particularly evidence of how they used to hide their symbols and their pictures. This was the 6-6 religion. Now let's just fast forward for a minute to our current day and see the parallels between ancient Babylon and modern Babylon, the mother Babylon, the mother of all these daughters. And we look at the book, Our Sunday Visitor, which tells us that the official title of the papacy is Vicarious Philidae, or Vicar of the Son of God. This, of course, is the Latin title of the Pope. It means the son, the vicar of the Son of God. As you know, in Latin, each letter has a value. If we would look at this uh, value of each and every letter and we would add them up, you'll find a very interesting addition and a uh, number that develops. If we put all the letters out, vicarious philidae, and give their equivalent value in numerals and add them all up, we find that it comes to the number 666. You see, this is the number of the system that is still worshipping the same sun god that was worshipped in ancient Babylon. That's why the Bible calls it Babylon the Great. This is the great system. And we must keep in mind that this great Babylon is called the mother of harlots. She has daughters who also have the same characteristics and particularly the same attributes and worship the same God. This is none other than the system of ancient sun worship. Let's look a little closer at some of these figures because it's important as it will help us understand how far Satan has infiltrated the world with his deceptions. Looking at this symbol of the three interlocking circles, the name of this symbol is called the Triketra. The Triketra is the three phases of the sun god and they utilize different ways to draw it. For example, we look here at the bottom right corner, we find that the intersecting area was used to represent the whole. And so they would just use that area and they would utilize that to represent the sun god, particularly the three phases in one. You see, it was one god, one sun god that they worshiped, but it was worshiped in three different forms or phases. And this is where the novel idea of three in one comes from. Of course, they were represented in many different ways. We find a few examples here where they would draw the three interlocking disks and put a circle behind them, representing three and one, and one in three. This is none other than the 666 system. And of course, as we can see here as well, there are different ways. It can be artistic and uh, creative in drawing all these different symbols, but they all have the same elements, the elements of three in one and one in three. Now this symbol finds its place in many interesting places today. This is not just in ancient history as we saw. For example, today there are people who still worship the devil. We know them as witches. Those who are involved in the occult. Those who are involved in the mysteries and occultism. You see, today, there are many witches who worship the devil, who worship the sun god. And they actually utilize the symbols and the pictures of the sun god in their worship and in their activities. For example, let's look at this picture of two uh, goblets or chalices. And it says here, Wiccan full-size chalices and goblets, four styles and six colors available, $20 each. This is something that people can purchase today from the internet. Do you notice anything interesting about the symbol that is on these chalices? It's the Triketra, the symbol of the sun god. This should not surprise us because it's the same god that is worshipped today by these witches that was worshipped in Babylon. This is devil worship. This is not the only place that we find this symbol. You see, Satan has infiltrated our society 
far more than we think. And when we have a comprehension and an understanding of how these symbols cover and hide the real meaning of what they represent, we will be better able to understand things when we see them. For example, the devil uses his symbols to entertain people who watch television. This television series called Charmed, that is a story of three witches, interestingly enough, has this symbol in the Book of Shadows. Now this symbol is not just a pretty uh, artwork. This is the actual symbol of this ancient sun god. This is the Triketra. This is none other than the symbol of Satan worship. You see, friends, Satan is using these things to entertain us. This is why we are to have nothing to do with these things. His deception is very great. If we go back in history again, we'll find that this symbology and this system traveled in all the different cultures. Let's just look at a few examples that will illustrate this for us very clearly. In Babylon, we already saw this, that the Tower of Babel was none other than the system of pagan sun worship. When it traveled to Egypt, uh, we find the same thing. Assyria, here we have before us this example, the three in one. Here's the disk of the sun, and there are three represented there in Assyria. If we go to India, we find that Hinduism and Buddhism also employ the same symbol. The face of this figure has three faces in one, and one in three. Here are a few more examples. We find the three there, overshadowed by one in the background. Why is it that we find the same common denominators in all these different places? It's because they all started in Babylon. And as this concept traveled in the different cultures and societies, it took on the different names and the local expressions. But it was still the same concept. We notice this picture here on the right of these three Hindu gods, and around the head of each one, we have this round disc representing the sun. This halo is referred to today by people as something that denotes or symbolizes holiness. But there is no record of that in the scriptures. This round disc of the sun does not represent holiness, but it represents the sun god. This is sun worship. In Egypt, we find the same thing. We find the symbols of the gods of Egypt, Isis, Horus, and uh, Ra. There is the symbol of the sun right there, as we can clearly see. All these things are common denominators in these pagan cultures. You see, friends, this was something that God was not happy about. This false system of worship and the use of this false, mysterious way to hide this system of worship was not pleasing to God. We know that because he confounded and confused the languages in Babel. But not only that, God gave his people, the children of Israel, specific instruction as to what they were to do when they entered into the promised land. They were to do something particularly relating to these images and pictures that we have been examining. Let's read about it in the book of Numbers, chapter 33 and verse 52. Then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down all their high places. God is not pleased about the usage of these pictures and so he instructed his people to destroy them. Because these pictures represent and symbolize and stand for the enemy of God. This is the worship of the sun god. Now, if we look again at this symbol of the Triketra, we want to see how close and how far has Satan infiltrated the world and the churches with his false concepts that he began in Babylon. I want us to keep something in mind. In looking at this picture and this image of the Triketra of the sun god, the picture in and of itself is not the problem as much as what the picture stands for and the concept of God that this picture represents. This is really the meaning of the picture. The picture has a meaning. It, has a, it represents and symbolizes a concept of God that is contrary to the truth of the Bible. 
It's actually a denial of the Father and the Son. It questions the authority of God as the true and living God and brings into question the unique position of His Son as His only begotten Son. It also confuses the identity of His Spirit, as we shall see. This is what we're dealing with. I want you to keep that in mind. We're not just dealing with a picture here or a figure of art. We want to look at what the meaning of the picture is. And the presence of the picture indicates for us that the concept and what the picture represents is also present. Notice, for example, where we can find the Triketra in some very interesting places. This is a book here, and on the spine of the book, it's called New King James Version. And there we find this interesting symbol. It's the Triketra. This is the Holy Bible. And in the Holy Bible of the New King James Version, we have a symbol of the Son God. You see, many of us looking at this symbol perhaps would think, well, this is interesting, not knowing its origin. And if you turn to your first pages of your Bible, if you have one of those Bibles, it will actually tell you that this symbol is called the Triketra, and it's the ancient symbol that was used to represent the Trinity. Now we know where that comes from. Because if you search the pages of your Bible, the inspired pages of your Bible, you will never find any reference to such thing. The only place where you'll find that is in Babylon. How sad that not only the picture has infiltrated the scriptures, but the concept that comes with this picture has infiltrated the minds of many who hold the Bible in their hands. That's what the first angel's message has to do with. Let's look at a few examples, a few more examples. Here is a story. Uh, a stained glass window from a cathedral, and notice what is represented there in the window. We can see very clearly the outline of the Triketra. In the very place where people go to worship God, we have symbols of the Sun God. Do you understand now why God has given us so many times information about the deception of Satan? What we're doing here is we're unmasking and uncovering the deception, and we're finding that it's a lot closer to home than we thought. It's even in the churches of the land. Let's look at another example. Notice this picture in another cathedral. Right up there in the window, we have the window in the shape of three interlocking disks. This is a symbol of the sun god. Let's look at a few other examples. This is not a solitary occurrence. This is all over the place. And the sad thing is, people who go into these churches and cathedrals for the most part, don't understand what these symbols mean. They might look at them and think it's a beautiful work of art. But when we understand the origins and the meaning behind them, we find that it represents a deception that has to do with worship. That's why the Bible says, He deceiveth the whole world. And the whole world will worship the dragon through this deception, particularly what it stands for. Here's another cathedral church of the Holy Trinity. And walking into the door, you are confronted immediately with this triangle that is equilateral. We saw where the triangle comes from. Looking up at the windows, we find that the windows, again, are in the same shape of the three interlocking disks. Now this, of course, is a different church and different cathedral. And I want to make something here very clear and specific. When talking about these different churches, we are not talking about the people who go there who don't understand some of these things. But we're seeing that Satan has infiltrated that system. You see, Rome has many daughters, and we're looking at some of the daughters of Rome right now. That system has been infiltrated by the concepts of Satan that come from Babylon, as is evidenced by the fact that the symbols of the sun god are present in the churches of these systems. Let's look at another example. This is St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. Now looking in, when I walked into this church, I didn't see anything on the windows and I thought, well, that's a relief. But then I looked down on the pews and lo and behold, there, right there, we see again the symbol of the Triketra on the pews. Now I wonder how many people who sit on these pews week after week really understand what this symbol means. You see, friends, this is why we need to share this information with others. We need to unmask the deception behind which Satan is hiding. This is the purpose of the three angels' messages, the last message of mercy that God sends to the world. Let's look at another example. This is a picture from a popular cathedral, a, a beautiful 
depiction of supposedly the Trinity. Here is a picture that's supposed to represent the Father and the Son. And in the middle there, there is a dove that supposedly represents the Holy Spirit. But friends, if you look at it carefully, you don't even need me to point out the pagan symbols that are present in this picture. There are triangles and disks of the sun. This is really none other than the symbols of the sun god intermixed with some truth. You see, this is what Babylon really means. Confusion of truth and error. This becomes a deadly mixture. And sadly, how many people look up at that and think what a beautiful depiction of the true God when it's really none other than a depiction of the sun God that is masked and that is portraying himself as the true God, which is really the purpose of Satan. Here is a Roman Catholic cathedral. Here is the mother of all these churches. And in that Roman Catholic cathedral, we see very clearly up there at the top, a round disc of the sun. And in that one window, there is depicted the three interlocking circles of the sun god. This is not surprising. You know, if you expect to find the lion anywhere, you'll find him in his den. This is the lion's den. The very system that Satan is using to perpetrate this deception. Not just the pictures, but what the pictures represent. That is, the concept that comes from Babylon about God is coming down to us through this system. Let's read a little bit from this system, the system of Rome, as to what that concept is, just as we close this part of the series. This is really the heart of the matter. These symbols, as we said, represent a concept of God that is contrary to the truth. Let's see a description of this concept and notice the contrast with what we have found in the scriptures in our previous studies and earlier in this study. This is a quote from the Catholic Catechism, and it says the following. Question, has God anybody? Answer, no, God has nobody. He is pure spirit. Question, are there more gods than one? No, there is but one God. Question, are there more persons than one in God? Answer, yes, in God are three persons. Question, which are they? Answer, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Question, are there not three gods? Answer, no. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are all but one and the same God. Friends, this is the God that is worshipped in this system. A God who is pure spirit, who has no body, no form, and no shape. We saw that this is clearly contrary to what the scripture revealed, that God indeed has a form and shape. God operates on a physical, visible level. The Roman system denies this fact and turns God into a pure spirit only. The reason is, that's the only way they can maintain the idea that God can actually be three and one. We saw clearly in the scriptures also that God is not three and one, that God is one. That is the Father. As Paul said, in 1 Corinthians 8, 6, to us, there is but one God, the Father. And we saw the identity of Christ, and we saw the identity of the Spirit. But through the confusion that comes from Babylon, that has infiltrated the systems of this world, particularly the Roman Catholic system and its daughters, we find a perversion and a denial of the truth of the Father and the Son. This denial is taking on the concept of Babylonian sun worship and utilizing Christian names to express it. Just like that concept traveled in the different cultures and took on different names, the same concept has infiltrated and invaded the Christian church and has taken on Christian, seemingly biblical names. That's what makes it so confusing. That's why it's called Babylon. Let's read on and see how this issue is affected in worship. Reading from the Athanasian Creed in the New Catechism, page 67 and 68. Now this is the Catholic faith. We worship one God in the Trinity and the Trinity in unity, without either confusing the persons or dividing the substance. For the person of the Father is one, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. 
but the Godhead of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one, their glory equal, their majesty co-eternal. Did you pay attention to what was just read? Rome tells us plainly that the God they worship is composed of three different persons. The Father is one, the Son is another, and the Spirit is another. You see here how there is a separation by Rome between God and His Spirit, making His Spirit into another different person who is also worshipped along with the Father and the Son. This is why Rome says the mystery of the Trinity is the central pillar. Friends, we saw plainly the Bible teaches that the Spirit of God is not a different person to God. It's God Himself operating on a different level, on the spiritual and invisible level. That's why our worship is to go to Him and to no one else. And we will see that very plainly in the next part of our study. But notice how this deception is so plain once we understand what the symbols really represent. It's good that we have looked at what the Bible says because that helps us see what the error is really like, that there is a vast contrast, but it is deceptive because it uses Bible names. But let's look at the pictures now. Remember the book, The Two Babylons, said that Rome utilizes the equilateral triangle to represent the God that they worship, which is really none other than the sun God. Notice this image, for example, where we find a depiction or a picture from the book, My Catholic Faith. And here is a picture of the God that is worshipped. It's depicted there as a triangle, exactly in the same way that we have found in Babylon, the triangle of 666. But in that triangle are placed now Christian names. You see, friends, this is confusion. This is what Babylon is all about, mingling the concept of the sun god the satanic concept of the sun god and using that to describe God. This is really none other than confusion by mixing. We don't see it only there, but notice in other uh, churches and publications, here is a book entitled The Trinity, Rediscovering the Central Christian Mystery. Notice what the cover of this book has portrayed on it. Here is a picture that is enlarged for you of three with a round halo or a round disc around their heads. This, of course, is supposedly the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. I want us to understand something. The Bible does talk about the Father, Son, and Spirit, but it never describes them in this Son worship way. It never describes them in the way that we have read from Rome. This is a perversion of the truth, and that's what Satan is using to deceive the whole world because that is what is worshipped. If you remember, we looked at an earlier picture of the Hindu gods. Let's put them side by side. Do you notice anything similar here? The disk of the sun is present in both pictures. Friends, this is none other than sun worship. Just as in India, it takes on Hindu names. In the Christian church, it takes on Christian names, but it's the same pagan concept that comes from Rome. Let's look at other examples. This is all over the place. We'll just look at a few. Here is a book called The Forgotten Trinity. What's the symbol there on the cover of the book? That's the triketra. That's the symbol of the sun god. You see, this is the modern name by which the sun god goes today. Here's another example from a popular Protestant organization. Num uh, speaking of the fundamental beliefs, one plus one plus one equals one. Now, I don't know about you, but this is not what I learned in school. I was told that one plus one plus one equals three, not one. But this concept enslaves minds so much that they actually have to go against reason and against logic and against every intelligence that God gave us to maintain the concept. That's how deceptive it is. And notice how it's portrayed in the pictures up there in the top right corner. The one plus one plus one is placed inside an image or a picture representing the sun. And we're told that this is the keystone of biblical theology. Friends, that's exactly the same thing that Rome said. Here's another book entitled The Trinity, Understanding God's Love 
and plan of salvation, his plan of salvation and Christian relationships. What's the symbol that is found on the cover of this book? It's right there in color for us to see. Friends, this is the symbol of the sun god. This is a pagan Babylonian concept of God that Satan invented to cast doubt and confusion over who God really is. It's so sad that this book deals and, and professes to talk about the love of the true God, and yet on the very cover, the God that is represented is not the God of the Bible. Isn't it interesting that this book is written by three authors? Maybe if they used three, the deception might just work. Friends, we are dealing with a very serious problem. A problem that is so serious that Satan can now boldly place the images and pictures that represent his concepts on Christian books and publications, even on the scriptures. And remember what we said, what the symbol represents, the concept and the idea of God that is represented by this symbol is really where the problem lies. This is the God that is receiving worship by many thousands and millions today. That's why God sends the three angels' messages, to restore to people's attention the need to worship the true God. The very fact that the first angel says, fear God, give glory to Him and worship Him, proves that the world has been deceived over who they're worshiping. The majority of the world. And we're seeing, and we have uncovered to a large degree, the deception of Satan in deceiving the world. So the question for you today is this, who will you worship? Will it be the Trinity, the Babylonian concept of God that is false and satanically inspired? Or will it be the true God as revealed in scripture? The God who is the Lord of heaven and earth. And we worship him through the only way that he has revealed, his son Jesus Christ. And we can do that knowing that he and his son can be with us through their spirit. I pray that you will make the right decision. In the next part of our study, we're going to focus clearly on what the scriptures reveals when it comes to worship. Because Rome says we worship three in one and one in three. All three are worshiped. We want to see how many the scriptures reveal to us that we are to worship so that we can be in no doubt, so that we can be safe from the deception of the enemy. If you were blessed by this message, remember to subscribe and share it with others. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Your prayers and support are appreciated. May God richly bless you through His Son, Jesus.